Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church and Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information about Five Stones Church, visit us online at fivestonesga.com. Well, good evening and welcome to Warriors Wednesday. I appreciate you taking time at our midweek time together to join us. We appreciate you taking uh, your time on Wednesday night to be with us. It's always a privilege and an honor. I want to say just a couple things real quickly before we get into the Word tonight. I want to thank you for your generosity, your continued support of the ministry. Thank you for believing in this house and the vision that God's given us and uh, the consistency that you've demonstrated over the last eight weeks, nine weeks has been amazing to us and uh, we're real excited about gathering back in this auditorium. Uh, obviously, if you haven't heard the word, we're coming back. We're coming back Pentecost Sunday. That is May the 31st. We'll be live right back here in this auditorium at 11 a.m. Obviously, we got social distancing and all those state requirements, but we'll be back together and uh, looking so forward to that. I, I trust that you're getting excited about that. And for those of you that are joining us online, don't, don't despair. We're going to continue to come before you online with all of our social media platforms from Facebook Live to YouTube Live. So you won't miss out on a single thing. So thank you for continuing to tune in. Let's get into the Word tonight. We're talking about a warrior's posture and a warrior's mindset and mentality. If you have a Bible tonight, turn with me to the book of Matthew, and uh, let's go to the sixth chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. And uh, obviously, if I get to the sixth chapter of Matthew, you know I'm going to talk to you tonight about prayer. And, uh, you know, the old church grew up with this uh, old adage they used to talk about the prayer warriors. And that was men and women who, in the evangelical church, who were spiritually praying for everyone in the body of Christ. And they were doing spiritual warfare. And I still believe we've got some great spiritual warriors that, that engage in battle as it relates to war. Right here at Five Stones, we've got a tremendous prayer team that works together called Prayer Shield that not only supports the, covering the ministry and, and all the functionality of it, but covers our leaders and all the great things that are going on. So uh, I appreciate the fact that God's always had some, some prayer warriors, but I want to talk to you tonight from this perspective, and that is this, that God has to have us as the warriors in the kingdom in a posture to where we know how to pray and pray effectively. If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to Matthew chapter 6, and let's go to verse number 5. I want to read at great length. Now, I found it interesting that in all the narrative of Scripture, Jesus never taught his disciples how to run a church. He never taught his disciples how to produce biblical counseling. He never taught them how to run a children's ministry or a youth ministry. He never even taught them the context of the manuscript as it prepared to, to preach the gospel. But he did teach them how to pray, which I think lends itself to the significance thereof. So look at verse 5 with me. Verse 5, the Bible says, And when you pray, Jesus speaking, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Prayer was never intended to be seen by men for the gratification of your own weak emotional state, but it was a communication. It was intimacy with Almighty God. Verse 6, but you, when you pray, now he's telling his disciples, when you pray, you're going to pray. Now, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your Father. Notice what he says. He says, you've got to slip away. 
I know some of you say, well, my, my life's busy. Everything's busy in life. Yeah, but you've got to have some moments to, to capture and to slip away into prayer. And someone says, well, I pray on the way to work, and I've done that before, and, and, and said, well, that was my prayer time. But I really believe you've got to find a place to get alone with God just for a few moments, even if it's in between clients or, or maybe you've got a few moments of quiet time. Just, just find a place where you can slip away. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. So it's imperative that you find a place to slip away and pray. But Jesus says to them, close the door, pray to your father who is who is in the secret place and your father, listen to what he says, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. He said, I don't want you to be like the heathens. I want you to be able to articulate and communicate with real authenticity with God. I don't need you to use the vain repetitions that so many use at that time period. Now, look at verse 8. Therefore, do not look like them. For your Father knows the things. This is beautiful. For the Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. It's good to know that God knows what I need before I ask him. So the scripture says that Jesus begins to teach them in this manner, pray. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. My concern tonight, and I hope you will allow me just a few moments of your time to talk to you from this. I'm concerned that we have turned prayer into a robotic form that we have taken prayer and become so familiar with it that we've lost the, the, the effectiveness, the authenticity of really communicating with God. And to be a real warrior and to stay positioned in the strength of God, to stay under the covering and the protecting of God, you've got to maintain a prayer life. And I know that in a world that is, is, is drenched with, with busyness and activity and prerequisites for work and job and family, it's easy to, to lose the value of spending time with God in prayer. And so I think that uh, many of us would agree our lives have a tendency to have a whole lot of other things taking our time. Now, for me, I was looking through this and I thought, you know, if I'm going to help you in your prayer life, I've got to be able to take what Jesus taught his disciples and to get it into your spirit. Now, it's not a prayer that you just quote and, and use out of repetition. It has to flow out of the depth of your understanding and out of the depth of your revelation. Because really what Jesus says to him to the disciples is, listen, you're talking to the Father of all creation. You are making a declarative statement that he is not like any other God, that he is Yahweh, that he is Elohim, that, that he is the creator of everything. Think about that for one moment. Think about the fact that you get to spend time communicating with Elohim, the God of creation. That before there was anything, there was a God. And you have access through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who is now our high priest, that you have the opportunity to come before him. And you call on him, and he's your supplier. 
He is your El Shaddai. He is, he is your Adonai. He's your master of everything. Is that not an amazing opportunity that you get to go before the throne of God? In my lifetime, I've had opportunities to sit, especially overseas, with high-ranking officials and kings of territories and different areas of, of Africa where we've had opportunities to sit with governors and, and people of great influence and great authority. I haven't had the same opportunity so much here in the United States other than being around a couple governors. But, but I'm saying to you, when you're around them, you begin to understand the, the value of, of access to them that you get to communicate with them on a level. I want you to think about as a warrior and your posture, you're not just praying repetitious prayers, but you are talking to Almighty God. And when Jesus said, our Father which is in heaven, he's bringing a distinction to who he is. He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Jireh, which means he is your provider. He's Jehovah Shalom, which means he is your peace. He's Jehovah Rafi. He means he's your healer. When you understand who he is, you will approach him differently because you're approaching him based on his character. When you think about the character of God and, and this book that we have to read from and study from and learn from brings to us great understanding of who this God is that we're communicating with. Listen, I think there's a misunderstanding. I think some of you believe that God is this gray-haired, gray-beard, elderly gentleman at the end of a hallway behind a big door and that you have to walk down this long corridor and knock on his door and get access to this angry, volatile man. That's not the God that we get privileged to access, but we get to access the God who is Jehovah Nisi, my victory, the one who is my triumphant one, my banner, my covering, my victory. See, you got to get excited about the opportunity to spend it with God. And when you know who he is and you understand his character, Characteristics, then you will approach him with more of a reverent tone because the scripture says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus says, Once you declare who he is, you can't help but give him praise. Now, listen to me closely because this is my first point tonight. You have to understand the, and understand the gates of access to the throne of God. You have to understand, as a warrior, I have to understand what are the access points. Now, the Bible teaches me in Psalm 100, verse 4, that, that these gates are, are very easy to access. These gates come with thanksgiving. That's what Psalm 100, verse 4 says. It says, I enter the gates with thanksgiving and enter his, enter his courts with praise. So when I understand gates as a warrior, I understand that I'm going to go in giving him thanks and praise and glory. Somebody says, well, I, I just ask God for stuff. I just talk to God about what I need. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're really going to have the posture of a real effective prayer warrior, you're going to have to understand how to access the gates. And you have to access gates with thanksgiving or praise, which means you come before him saying, Lord, I thank you and praise you. Because, see, when you understand who he is, 
and you declare the, the deity of who he is, the significance of who he is, you can't help but want to worship. You can't help but give him praise. So a, a prayer warrior understands, I don't go before the throne of grace without thanksgiving or gratitude. And somebody might say today, well, I'm not real sure what to be thankful for. Well, think about what he created. Just the other day, I was standing out on my back deck, and I was listening to the, to the birds as they were singing, and, and it dawned on me. I take things for granted that Almighty God created. If you can hear birds chirping, if you can see the wind blowing through the leaves, and you can see the effects of God in nature, it will begin to center you on a God who is well able to take care of everything in your life. He is still sovereign, ladies and gentlemen. He is still the God of sovereignty. And so when I surround myself with an understanding declaratively of who he is, I will begin to praise him just for his creation. I can praise him for giving me a wonderful wife. I can praise him for two powerful young men as sons and, and daughter-in-laws, and I can thank him for a church family, and I can thank him for so much. Just imagine if you started thanking him for everything he's done. If you started giving him praise and glory for his wonderful works in your life, because had it not been for him, some of us wouldn't be together tonight. Some of us would be locked up and incarcerated. Some of us would be at the funeral home or some of us would be in the cemetery or some of us would be in great despair. But because of the grace of Almighty God, he has worked mightily in our behalf. So when you think about entering into the throne of God, use the gate of praise and thanksgiving. Be sure that you give God all the glory for everything that he's ever done and everything that he is doing. So Jesus makes it real clear. He says, you approach the Father. Now notice he said, you don't approach me, you don't approach the Holy Ghost, you approach the Father. Now, Scripture's real clear that my access to the Father is granted to me through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus is the mediator. So I have to go to, to the Father through the covenant of righteousness given to me through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus makes this statement. He says, here's what you need to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you've ever spent any time around this ministry, you've heard me talk about the kingdom coming to earth, that there should be no separation between the kingdom of God and the earth, that what is, what is in heaven should be manifested right here in the earth. And what Jesus is saying is the kingdom should be demonstrated. Now, I will say this to you. In heaven, there's freedom. There should be freedom in the earth. In heaven, there's no sickness, which means there should be healing in the earth. In heaven, there's life, which means there should be life here in the earth. In fact, Jesus said it in John 10, 10. He said, the thief cometh, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Is heaven full of peace? Yes, it is. Should there not be peace in the earth? Absolutely. Should there not be joy and hope in the earth? Absolutely, because it's in heaven. What I'm saying to you is there has to be a release of our faith to engage in prayer that says, I want what's in heaven to be manifested in my home to be manifested in my marriage, to be manifested in every aspect of my life. When people see you, they should see the kingdom of God. They shouldn't see your religious affairs. They shouldn't see the rhetoric of your communication, but they should see an intimacy that you have with God, and the kingdom should be demonstrated that way. 
You know, when the Jews were looking for the kingdom to come, they were looking for a regime change. They were looking for the Son of God, the Messiah Jesus, to come and to regime change, to shift it out and to bring the kingdom of God. But Jesus didn't say that the kingdom was coming in that, in that form or that matter. He said, the kingdom's coming in me. For he said in Luke 4, he begins to demonstrate the kingdom. He said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me, for he hath anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. He sent me to bring recovery of the sight of the blind and to, to set the oppressed free and to bring the favor of God. What Jesus is saying in Luke 4 is he's really quoting Isaiah's prophecy. He said, the kingdom's here now. I believe the kingdom should come now. That's why we need warriors who will pray. And, and to intercede and to stand in the gap and to believe God to release every aspect and every provision that is, is, is in heaven into the earth. Now, Jesus begins to get into something here because I think a lot of times we don't really understand it. But the scripture says, he says, once you pray the kingdom come and that the will of the kingdom is manifested in earth as it is already demonstrated in heaven, he said, then you can ask about your own needs. Notice it's interesting because once I declare who he is, once I begin to worship him and honor him and enter through the gates of thanksgiving and I begin to intercede for the, for the, the will of the heavens to be released in the earth, he said then and then only can you ask him to meet your needs. Only then do you ask him to meet your needs. And he says, I want you to ask him that he will release it daily. Notice he didn't say monthly or yearly, he said daily bread. He said, I want you to ask me to meet the needs daily. Now, that's interesting to me. And I found that throughout Scripture, the narrative talks about take no thought for tomorrow because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Is it possible that what Jesus is saying is, I want you to trust me for today and not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. See, when you worry, when you become consumed with worry about your needs being met, you are really calling his identity and his character into question. What you're doing is you're beginning to say, I'm not sure I can trust you. Now, I've had trust issues, and you've had trust issues in life, and I'm sure there's a lot of times where we've had issues with God and trusting whether or not he'd prevail. But listen to me. Let me encourage you. God is not a man that he would lie or fail. He is a God that is faithful and trustworthy. And, and when you ask him to meet your needs on a daily basis, I believe he'll do just that. He did it for Israel when they came out of captivity and began to spend their journey going through the wilderness headed toward their promised land. The Bible said that God would supply for them every day. Daily manna, not a week's worth because he doesn't want you to become familiar. He doesn't want you to become complacent or comfortable. He wants you to continue to have tremendous intimacy and your dependence upon him. Now, let me take a moment right here and talk to you because I believe some of you have went through some difficulties that have caused you to begin to question, where is my God? And I want you to understand difficulties in your life are not always because God is trying to punish you. It's not always because God's trying to create denial for you. Sometimes God's trying to develop character in you. I said this the other day to someone, and, and maybe this will help you tonight. 
I said there's two kinds of storms in the world. There are storms that God create, creates, and then there are storms that the enemy creates. And if you had to choose which storm you would prefer, many of you would say, well, I want the storm that God creates. And here's what you need to understand about the storms of your life. If God creates a storm, it's going to be a storm like he created for Jonah. Because he created a storm for Jonah in order to get Jonah to a place where he could fulfill destiny. Now, when Satan creates a storm, it's the storm that's created when the disciples and Jesus himself are on the boat going to the other seashore, and a storm arises, and and Jesus is asleep in the boat. Because when Satan brings a storm, he brings a storm to hinder your progression, to hinder your destiny. When God brings a storm, it's to get you to your destiny. Do you understand the difference? Now, you say, well, I don't understand which storm is, is that I'm in. I'm not sure if it's a God storm. I'm not sure if it's a, an enemy storm. Let me say this to you, and this will help you. This is rich right here. Because if you can sleep through the storm, then it's the enemy storm. Because when Jonah went through the belly of, belly of the whale for three days, he didn't sleep. Why? Because God's storms don't allow you to sleep. But when Satan brings a storm, Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat, not concerned with it. Why? Because he knew he had dominion and authority over it. So I want to submit this to you. He'll meet your needs regardless. And if you're going through a storm, discern which season or storm is is a part of your life and be able to give God trust in it and be able to continue to communicate as a prayer warrior. Let me hurry through this because I've got to get to this next section. The Bible says, he says, we should ask that we, he would forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's interesting that, that he wants to talk about the human factor of forgiveness. Forgiveness is difficult for all of us. In fact, verse 14 of the same chapter, Jesus kind of bookends the, the Lord's prayer with verse 14. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. So forgiveness is a huge issue. Now, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to say it as lovingly as I can. Unforgiveness is a pride issue. Did you hear what I said? Unforgiveness is a pride issue. Because to be unwilling to forgive is choosing to harbor something because you want to hold on to your pride. So Jesus talks about dealing with forgiveness, forgiving our debts. Lord, forgive me of my trespasses. Lord, forgive me of my sins. That's called repentance. I know it's a foreign term in today's modern church, but repentance is still the, the, the way to heaven. And so I thought about this this week as I was preparing, and my thought was this, the word repent. Re, R-E, means to redo, right? Repent, R-E, restore, renew, R-E is to redo something. Pent, P-E-N-T, is from where I get the word penthouse. Penthouse is never on the bottom floor, is it? A penthouse is always on the top floor. It always has the the best of everything, and it always has the greatest view. Can I submit this to you? Repentance is returning to the penthouse view of life because when you get back through repentance, he will elevate you back up to seeing life like he sees it through through the lens of the penthouse. I want to submit this to you. Don't harbor sin. Don't carry sin. Don't think that you can manage it because sin to me has to be dealt with. That's why Jesus went on to say, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Isn't that interesting? He says, listen, you've got to deal with temptations, and temptations are always a part of our life. To be tempted doesn't mean you've sinned. To be enticed does not mean you've sinned. The Scripture says in the book of James that we are enticed by our own lust, by the things that we haven't crucified, the things that we haven't laid down. That's what leads us into sin. The world we live in, and you know this as well as I do, is absolutely saturated with enticements, with things that will draw us away from God. And I think anything in my life that draws me away from my relationship with God requires that I be aware of this this drawing away or this tempting in my life. Now, Jesus said, do not, he said, pray that you do not be led into temptation. So what Jesus is saying, you got to pray, you get strong. Warriors are strong, and we're fortified, and we're, we're strengthened by the power of all God, Almighty God. Because James 4 said to resist the devil, remember? James 4, 7, resist the devil, and he will flee. The problem is we never read the first part of the Scripture where it says submit to God or humble yourself before God and then resist the devil. You don't have the strength in your own will to resist the enemy. That's why you live cycles of sin. That's why you live in repetitive behavior patterns that are less than the standards of God because you're trying to resist temptation by your own strength. There's not a one of us that is strong enough to resist the enticements of the enemy without submitting and lending or yielding ourselves to the presence of God to come and to give us strength. You've got to have strength to stand. And so it's imperative that we understand, Lord, don't don't let me try to do life without you. So I'm going to pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. How many of you plead the blood of the lamb every day? How many of you, Marcia and I, every morning when we pray for for our family and pray for our, our, our ministry and we pray for you at home, we pray and we plead the blood of the Lamb and we draw a covenant line around each one of your lives and, and we're pleading the blood saying no weapon formed against the, the ministry or the, the body of Christ or Five Stones Church or you at home will prosper against you. And we pray that every day believing it. Why? Because we believe that our relationship with God, when we declare who he is and his character, he will do it in the earth and protect you. You've got to learn to say, Lord, deliver me from evil because it's imperative that we stand pure in a world that desperately needs to see it. Now, let me get to a couple things quickly before my time's up this evening. The Bible says in the closing, he says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Isn't it interesting that he ends the same way he starts? Then he goes right back and starts talking to us about the glory of God and exalting God and how to declare the greatness of God. And when Jesus teaches us to access the Father, he knows that to to really have access to the Father, you've got to honor him. You've got to declare who he is. You've got to go through the gate of praise. And then you go through the list of the things that you're talking to God about, about his kingdom, about his will being done on the earth, about your personal needs, about being free from, from debts and unforgiveness and how to walk through the standards of God so that you're not tempted by the, the evil 
enticer being Satan, and then you close it by giving God praise again. See, I don't want this prayer to ever be familiar. I don't want it to be something that is just a robotic thing in my life. I want to be able to use this format to be able to create within me a real prayer warrior. And so when you think about how God's moving and how God's done things in your life, I think it's important for you to understand God's view of prayer. So in the last few moments that I have before you, I want to talk to you from the perspective of God's attitude toward prayer. In, in Matthew chapter 7, if you will look over there with me, Matthew chapter 7, just one chapter over, I want to read verse 7. The Bible says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Listen to verse 8. For everyone, somebody ought to say at home, everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, will find, and he who knocks will be open. Does that sound like a God that's trying to hide from you? Does that sound like a Yahweh, an Elohim, who's trying to distance himself from humanity? No, no, no. He says, if you ask, I'm going to do it. If you start seeking me, I'm going to let you find me. If you start knocking, I'm going to open doors for you. He said, look, if you will believe this, you will receive this. What a testimony that is. That ought to make you want to spend more time in the presence of God. Makes you, makes you cultivate this spirit of faith within you. Take your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew 21. Real quickly, I know you, you, you're like, well, why are you doing all this scripture? Because I'm trying to teach you the word. Because if you don't have this word in your spirit, you're going to struggle. And you're always going to lose the war. And I want you fortified and strong. Listen to your pastor. I want you strong. I don't want you caving under the weights and the duress of living in a sin-cursed world. I want you a warrior. And warriors know how to pray. Warriors know they have access to Almighty God. And they use it. Listen, the reason the church is anemic and pale and struggling is not because God has lacked power, but because the church hasn't learned how to access God and get him to release it. Because if I ask him, he'll do it. If I seek him, I can find it. If I knock, it will be done for me. Let me build your faith through the word of God. If you have your Bibles, look, Matthew 21, verse 21. Matthew 21, verse 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith, listen to what he said, Jesus, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what I have done to this fig tree, because he just cursed it, but also you will say to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Verse 22, Jesus said, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. You hear what he said? He said, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. That's a great testimony. Go to Luke, or go to Mark. I want to I hurry, but go to Mark with me real quickly. Mark chapter 11, very familiar verses of Scripture, verse 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For as surely I say to you, whosoever says to the mountain... Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done. 
those things which you say will be done. Isn't that a beautiful testimony? Those things you say and believe without doubting in your heart will be done. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, whatever things you ask when you pray, he said, you will receive them. He said, you will receive them and you will have them. What a testimony. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe. Believe. See, warriors believe. They wage war against their unbelief, casting down all those things that exalts itself against the knowledge of God so that we can believe. Your doubt is what hinders the hand of God moving in your behalf. You've got to get rid of your doubt. You've got, to, you've got to eradicate it from your life. You say, well, Pastor, I just can't seem to get rid of my doubt. That's what I've been teaching you tonight. Out of the Lord's Prayer, out of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray, declare who God is, it'll eradicate doubt in your life. Declare his kingdom's coming. His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. That will remove doubt in your life. Give God some praise, y'all. Give him glory and honor because when you begin to lift up his name and magnify him, it will move doubt out of your heart. When you begin to forgive others and ask him to forgive you and you see him providing daily bread for you and sustaining you day after day after day, for I've never seen the righteous forsaken, David said, or their seed begging for bread. Can you hear me? When you begin to meditate on that, it eradicates doubt in your life and allows you to be a warrior. Warriors have faith. They don't doubt. You may wonder, but you can never worry. Did you hear what I said to you? Somebody write that down. You can wonder how he's going to do it, but you can never worry that he's going to do it because worry begins to call him into question. John 14, verse 13, Jesus said, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He said, Whatever you ask in my name, that's why you go to the Father in Jesus' name. Because Jesus is the advocate. He is the intercessor. He is the mediator. He is the high priest. He's the one that gives you access to Yahweh, Almighty God. So the Bible said, whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, that I will do that the Father may get the glory in the Son. See, God wants to answer your prayer so he gets glory. So that he he is able to show the enemy that what he did through Christ and what Christ did for us is a true testament and the resurrection cannot be denied. John 15 verse 7, if you abide in me, what you, whatever you ask, it shall be done for you. If you abide in me, Jesus said, it shall be done for you. John 16 24, ask and you shall receive. Ask that you shall receive that your joy may be full. That's in John 16 24. So let me say this to you. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to move mightily. He wants to release something in your behalf. And you've just got to get into your secret place. Somebody's got to get this in your spirit. You need a slip away. You've got to slip away from the TV. You've got to slip away from the Internet. You've got to slip away from some of the things that are, that are eating up your time and spend it with God. Especially when you see evil days approaching, you need to spend more time in prayer. Warriors know that they've got to take time to pray. Warriors know how to set aside segments of time to pray. 
I appreciate you joining me tonight, and I know that there's a lot going on, and as we get closer to gathering back in this room, man, I hope you're praying. In fact, I'm going to call on Prayer Shield and some of you over the next next few weeks as we get ready to come back in this room, we're going to start covering this thing in prayer again because it seems as if once you've been out of this auditorium, it's it's a little different to, to be praying, but we're going to get back in this room and start covering this place and believing God for, for signs, wonders, and miracles. And I'm believing God for a release of his presence. I know prayer changes things. Many of you are an answer of somebody else's prayer. You're an answer of somebody else's diligence to to go before God. I'm an answer to somebody's prayer. My wife prayed that God would send her a, a husband when she was just a teenager. 32 years later, she still prays over me and for me and asks God to bless my life and to use me. See, 32 years ago when we got married, I was the answer to a prayer she prayed because she was taught the principles of prayer. Warriors pray. Warriors pray. I appreciate you joining me tonight. I thank you for your time. Sunday morning, we'll be right back with you. But can I pray with you tonight? I want to do two things. I want to pray over your giving and your stewardship tonight as we close because I appreciate your generosity and believing in the vision. But second of all, I want to pray that God will put something in your spirit to spend more time with him. Don't you miss him? Don't you miss the intimacy? Don't you miss just the communion? See, to me, I am so thankful. Like this morning, I was up at 5 a.m., and I went down into my basement office, and I just sat at my desk. And before I read and before I looked at anything online or before I'd done any preparation for my day, I just sat there and raised my hands. I said, Lord, I just thank you. Boy, I just, I just took time to praise him and honor him and declare who I know him to be. It'll set your day right, folks, when you put him in the right place of your life. And I believe God's got great things for you, and he's got things that he wants to release. He's just looking for you to use the gates of praise, the gates of thanksgiving, and make these declarative statements of who he is so that you can push doubt out of your life. And you can believe God for all things. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this night. We thank you for those that have tuned in for Warrior Wednesday. Thank you for their faithfulness to be with us. I thank you for those that are at home that maybe their prayer life has become stale or stagnant. Maybe, maybe their time of intimacy with you has been filled with other things. Lord, I pray right now that you would bring us back to the consciousness of, of, of being in your presence through prayer just spending time giving you glory and honor and declaring who you are to us. Lord, there are people tonight that need you to be Jehovah Jireh. They need you to be the provider. They need you to be Jehovah Rafi, the healer. They need you to, to be the, the source, the provision that they so desperately need in their life. And, Lord, they have been granted access to you, Access through the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ that makes us righteous. The veil in the temple has been rent, been torn from top to bottom so that people like me, the whosoevers, can have access to the presence of you, God. Thank you for this opportunity tonight. Thank you for your word that encourages us and strengthens us. 
To everyone that's discouraged, I speak encouragement. To those that are sick, I call them healed. To those that are weak, I call them strong. To those that are confused, I speak clarity. To those that feel isolated, I call fellowship into their life. May your blessings and provision be upon them. May you continue to guide and direct them. No weapon formed against them prospers. And may the plan, the purpose, and your intended will be glorified. And I thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. If there's anything we can do, obviously go online, share your prayer needs with us. Until we see you again, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture.